Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Nicole Morgan, the CEO of Resolute PR. So we're talking about PR. Is it dead? When was the last time you sent out a press release? Thanks for downloading. Now, public relations, PR, is sometimes seen as a little bit old-fashioned. Outreach is a much fancier word to use, isn't it? But to be fair, PR has never really gone away, but it has changed an awful lot, though. So in this episode, I'm talking to Nicole Morgan, the CEO of Resolute PR, which is a full-service, integrated public relations marketing agency. Uh, We're going to talk about the way the PR industry has changed, what the role of PR is in kind of like the digital first world, and how she plans strategy for new clients. Now, you can find Nicole on LinkedIn, also on the Resolute PR website, which is resolutepr.com, resolutepr.com. There's links in the show notes. So give them a tap. Uh, Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is ad-free. Love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media and also subscribe on your favourite podcast app. You can check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash Podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Nicole was if old school PR was dead. I mean, who sends out press releases, right? It is still alive and well, um, but you're not wrong about the press release. Uh, (laughs) That is quickly becoming an antiquated um, form of communication. Now, there are times where a press release is still great. You know, if there are um, a lot of details that you don't want to get wrong, a more complicated topic, an announcement of some kind, we still recommend a press release. But the reality is the the reporters kind of roll their eyes at it. You know, they have their own job to do, and it takes a lot of time and energy to write that. And mm-hmm. we're definitely not walking them over to the press room like uh, like the PR people used to do back in the day. Yeah. So how does it kind of work? Because I I used to work in a newsroom a long, 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 long time ago. We used to have like the press releases used to pile up in your inbox, and you used to glance at them for like a tenth of a second and decide whether you were going to write something up from it. Um, how does it kind of work now? Are we making phone calls to to, to sort of like journalists and press folk? Are, are we DMing them on Twitter? I don't know. Yeah, that's certainly there's there's that. I mean, the so it's kind of, it's an interesting question because I'm teaching an intro to strategic communications class kind of right. in my spare time. I teach at a local university. And so I've been, I've been telling the students about kind of the evolution of journalism, but also about the public relations field and the convergence of advertising and how this is, you know, people don't even get a degree in PR anymore. They get a yeah. degree in strategic communications. Yeah. Um, and so when it comes to the media, it has really become so fragmented. I mean, when I started in this industry, you had really a handful of local publications the national publications, there were not very many. And then you kind of had this explosion of media where um, there are so many different interests and niches and and all of that. And so um, so email is still a form of communication. Um, it, social media certainly is a great way to get in touch with people. But I mean, the real key is making sure that the story that you're trying to send out there is something that's going to be relevant. You really have to know who the readers or the listeners of those audiences are. And is it something that is even interesting to them? Because if it's not, then forget about it. Yeah, a relationship's still important as well with kind of like the publishers because uh, back in the day, your contact book for a PR person, that would be like gold dust, wouldn't it? That would be close to your chest all the time. That would be basically your job. Um, is, is building relationships with publishers still still as important, do you think? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I would say on a local level, for sure. I mean, we're, we're talking to reporters all the time. Um, the thing that has, has really been happening even more than it did in the past is just the level of turnover. And so, you know, you get a relationship established with a reporter and that's fantastic because they know if you are someone who's going to be readily available, you're going to prep your sources, they're going to respond quickly. Um, those are all things that make their job easier. Um, the problem is, you know, you build that relationship and someone moves on. They decide to go into yeah. the PR field or they decide to move into another publication. And so those relationships are ever evolving. Um, the benefit of that is that, you know, I have former reporters on my staff and, and they yeah. have contacts that have moved all over the country, you know, some of them internationally. And so it creates a lot of new relationships in new places too. Um, and so I'm, I'm a big advocate for maintaining those relationships, keeping tabs on those reporters, seeing where they go and, um, and what's interesting to them in their new roles. Now, I would say over the probably more so over the past five or 10 years, but definitely over the past 20 years, that kind of like the definition of a publisher has changed an awful lot, hasn't it? I mean, it used to be like traditional media, didn't it? Radio and TV and newspapers and that sort of thing. And then internet and blogs and, and you know, big blogs and things like that. But now now we, we've got kind of like influencers and micro-influencers and nano-influencers and, I don't know, anything influencer. Uh, how is it kind of working digitally now in the, in the 21st century? What do you define as a publisher? Yeah, that's a great question. Podcasts. Podcasts are another yeah. one that we can yeah. add to the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, uh, again, kind of this this definition of media is just so different than it used to be. Um, and, and what you do with the information. So the example that I like to give is when I first started in this industry, you would pitch a story to the local newspaper. Um, it would get picked up and it would run in the paper and everybody would be really excited and maybe yeah. they'd even frame it. Yeah. And then the paper would get thrown away and that was the end of it. And then yeah. you'd have to pitch another story and find another publication. And now um, when you successfully pitch a story or a reporter decides to write a story about your organization, not only does that go in the print publication if that still exists, um, but it's also getting posted online. Hopefully that's being reshared on social media. Um, then you're resharing that story on your own social media. And hopefully people then follow that train and go check out your website and see what, what it is that you offer. Um, and so that, that's kind of that convergence of like trying to use as many different platforms of media as possible to try to generate more eyeballs on the story. Um, and get the most value out of it that you can. So, um, so we really, I mean, that the definition of what we consider media is very broad. We do a lot of, um, kind of to your point, we also do a lot of campaigns with influencers and we've seen those perform very well. Um, but they also function a little differently. They're, you know, a lot of times those are paid campaigns versus in public relations and pitching things to the media. That's typically an unpaid, um, you know, you're, you're kind of hoping that they will write a great story and you're trying to control that message, but you don't really have control over it because you're handing that over to a reporter. Yeah. Do, do you see more longevity with uh, with pub, with publishing, with articles, with whatever it is? It could be, I suppose, it could even be an Instagram post or something. Is there more longevity? Because there used to be a phrase in the the UK that today's news is tomorrow's fish and chip paper, and yeah. it's <laughs> and, it, and it's kind of just gone, right? It's gone. You, you never look yeah. at you never look at yesterday's newspaper ever. But but kind of digitally, it's it is always there. Do you feel there's more longevity out of what you do? 
I do. Um, you know, we, we used to, we didn't have that exact phrase, although I really like it and I'm probably going to use it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we have definitely used that example, though, I think in crisis communications, there have been times where, you know, I mean, things just really hit the fan for an organization and they're just they're really beat down and it it just totally consumes them. And, and we have a whole process for crisis and crisis communications. But, you know, as kind of a, you know, a, a, something to help them feel a little better in that moment, I do tell them look, tomorrow the news is going to be covering something different, unless it's yeah. something really bad. Um, but if it's, you know, kind of just a little something that has has blown up, tomorrow the news is going to co cover something else. We're going to be able to move on and um, and let's start working on how we can turn this story around. Um, however, that, to your point, that has really started to change. And what we see in crisis situations is that something may start on social media. And it might be that, um, you know, to your point of how how broad the media has gotten. It doesn't even have to be a reporter anymore. It could be just someone who happened to be in the right place at the right time and had their phone out and they recorded something that happened and then they posted on social media. Um, now they're kind of a part of the story. Yeah. And um, and they're they're posting that, and so then maybe a, a news station gets a hold of that, and then they're posting that on their channels, and now it's blown into more of a traditional media story. Sure. Um, but then that gets reshared on social media again, and it gains another round of steam. And so uh, these things do not die down as quickly as they can. Um, in the digital world, nothing ever dies. Those things are out there forever, and you have a digital trail that will always follow you. And so we're having to advise clients differently than we did in the past. Yeah, I suppose this can work positively as well, though, can't it? Because, I mean, if you've got a good message and you're doing good things and you've got a good PR strategy, you, you can get longevity out of that as well, do you think? Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing on the positive side that we're yeah. um, that we're advising clients on is the uh, opportunities for owned content versus sure. earned content. Yeah. Um, and so that would be those would be things like authored articles that get placed, op eds, opinion pieces, um, blogs on your website, videos that you produce, um, you know, all of these kind of through the lens of how a journalist would talk about the organization. But it's content that you own and that has I mean, that's extremely long lasting. You can use that in so many different formats that it's a really wise investment for companies to be considering. Uh, so if you get a new client, right, um, how do you go about kind of planning a, a public relations strategy for, for someone brand new? What are the kind of like the questions you ask and the areas that you focus on right at the beginning? Yeah, so we, we kind of look at two different areas. First, we like to look at the qualitative um, side of the organization and really understand what the messaging is. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how are they perceived among their target audiences? Um, what, you know, what do people value about them? What do they wish that they were maybe doing more of that they're not? Or what's something that they're missing out on? So we, we spend a lot of time really talking to customers or talking to their clients to understand the heart of the organization. Um, then we like to look on the more analytical side of things and really focus on the digital and understanding what their digital footprint is. How are they currently gaining website traffic, uh, who's interacting with them and engaging with them on social media, how are their competitors performing on social media and what opportunities does that provide for our client. Um, and so we kind of take those two things together and from there we can really develop a strategy for moving forward. Yeah. Do you ever kind of like when you're doing the research, do you ever find things out that maybe surprise the client at all? 
Absolutely. Uh, we, we have a lot of clients when we first start working with them that say, you know, yeah, you can go ahead and interview our customers, but I know them pretty well. They, they come and talk to me. It is very interesting what their customers will tell us knowing that we're a third party. Um, and we, and we we collect all of that information and kind of compile it anonymously because we tell them we're looking for trends. And so we're not going to say so-and-so told me this and unless it's something that is just really something that they need to know who said that so they can rectify the situation. But yeah. uh, absolutely. And the things that come out of it are not always public relations issues. Sometimes they're operational ideas or concepts or um, they're a, you know, a star employee that could maybe gain some recognition because they've really been going above and beyond. So uh, I, I think they're always very valuable. We've even done them for our own organization because you just get so much information out of that. Have you ever done some research and found an absolute bin fire going on that like <laughs> the client did not know about and you think, oh my days, what is the, what are we going to do here? Uh, we've had some uncomfortable situations where uh, we have to deliver some tough news to the CEO, maybe about yeah. how they conduct themselves. Um <laughs> Nothing like legal or anything like that, but just in the way that they maybe um, are are not engaged in a meeting. Or I mean, I had one CEO that he had he would do it to us. He would just like randomly get up and leave in the middle of a meeting and, right. and not come back and come to find out he was doing the same thing to his customers. And so having to kind of do some executive coaching in those types of situations. And I think that those are great examples of something where it would probably be difficult for an employee to bring those things to the CEO's attention, but they get to kind of hide behind us and let us be the bad guys in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you measure the results of your efforts? I mean, I know that's a that's a huge question, really, isn't it? Because there are so many platforms, so many different formats of content. How do you actually go about sort of like measuring results? Yeah, that's been the age old question mm. in our industry, hasn't it? Um, and I think that the, the again, the convergence with some of this, this digital marketing has really helped better prove results for public relations. Uh, we, we try to layer in a digital component to almost everything that we do. And so even if we're only pitching media and we're trying to generate news coverage, we can look at things like Google Analytics and, and try to identify trends where maybe website traffic increased or engagement on social media increased. Um, we have access to a lot more data than we have in the past for companies. Um, you know, on the digital side and when you're talking about owned content, then you can get very specific because you yeah. can look at how many views you got on a video or how many clicks you got directly to a specific blog article. And um, and with that, you can really start to build the case. So I, I think when you have more of a comprehensive plan around what it is that you're trying to achieve, you can set some benchmarks at the beginning and then track those throughout the campaign. Do, do you track things like leads and sales and, and goals and things like that? Because I'm thinking thinking to myself, a lot of the time you may not have uh, access to the website or the product. I mean, let's face it, the product may not be great. The delivery costs could be wrong, for example. Um, yeah. And you, you could be dragging all of this great traffic to a website. You could be doing all these brilliant things and, and, and getting the awareness of the brand up. But when they come to the website and they try and actually do something, it's hard. How do you get around that? 
Yeah, we tell our clients from the beginning, look, this is going to be a two-way conversation. We can only track the data so far, but the last thing we want to be doing is coming back with a report that says, hey, this was so great, and we got all these impressions, and you got all these clicks to your website, and then you come back and say, well, they weren't the right people. Um, and so we, we really have active conversations throughout a campaign. A perfect example is we've been doing a lot in workforce recruitment right now. Um, I don't know how things are going in the UK, but in the United States, everyone is just scrambling, trying to fill positions. They cannot find enough yeah. people in, in every industry. Same. And Same. so we have been doing a lot of workforce recruitment campaigns. And, you know, that's a perfect example of where we could get all of this traffic and website visits and clicks to the application. But if the people who are applying are not qualified for the positions that they're trying to fill, then that doesn't do anybody any good. So we have active conversations with the clients to, to track, okay, how is this performing? Are you seeing the right kinds of candidates? Um, we're looking at which platforms are performing the best. And so maybe for a particular client, LinkedIn is, is really where they're generating the most people. And so we want to divert dollars there. So it's, it's, um, it's something that you have to be constantly testing and measuring. How do you manage to unify some of this data? Because you mentioned Google Analytics. We've also, you know, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's LinkedIn, there's stats for every single platform, YouTube, everything. How do you kind of bring it all together? Or, or is it kind of like still trying to just grab little bits from everywhere and trying to compile it? We have someone on our staff who is 100% dedicated to digital marketing. And right. so her job <laughs> is to stay on top of, because the other challenge in all of this is that Google or Facebook, they change every, uh, almost every day. They're pushing out some yeah. kind of update yeah. or, you know, how the access that you have to certain data goes away or changes or whatever. Um, and so she is dedicated to that a hundred percent of the time. And so she is very skilled at what she's looking at is how can we tell the story of how something performed? You know, it's not just data. You have to tell a story in the data for it to really resonate with whoever it is that you're presenting this to. So, um, so we, we do, I would say Google analytics is one thing that is in all of our reports. Um, and then of course, whichever platforms we're utilizing, those will be included as well. And then we use some tools like Google data studio as a great free tool that you can use to bring all of these things into one place. Um, so those are just a few of the tips that we've used. Yeah. Do you think it's important nowadays for like agencies, whether it's marketing or PR, whatever you're doing, to, to kind of like have that data person sat there working on, on oh, spreadsheets? Oh, no, spreadsheets. <laughs> I do think it takes a special person to uh, to love that. Yeah. We're, you know, every, everybody has their strengths. And uh, I would I would encourage agencies or, you know, within a, if it's a an in-house department to look at something like that and having someone dedicated to it. Um, I, we have tried different versions of this throughout the, the history of my organization. We've tried to have individual people, you know, manage the campaign and put together the the data. We've tried to have someone who's like an account manager, you know, deal with the client and then also put together the data. But really, I have found that it is most beneficial to have someone who really understands the analytics and all of these digital platforms to pull it all together. Yeah, it takes a special person to stare at a spreadsheet all day, doesn't it, really? I'm, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. me at all, no. Um, <laughs> so 
Is traditional media still worth it? I mean, is TV and radio and press and newspapers, do, do you still do that? Yeah, you know, ironically, for some of these workforce recruitment campaigns, we're actually seeing radio perform really well, which is Ooh. not something that um, we recommend very often. But for for certain types of jobs, that is something that is, um, is really a, a good use of dollars. So there's absolutely a place for it. Um, when it comes to pitching some of those stories and having reporters pick that up, I mean, that can be invaluable for thought leadership to really show you as an expert, um, to have a third party write about you um, or include you in a story about a bigger issue is incredibly important. So while some of those things might be a little more difficult to, to measure, they when it comes to public sentiment, and being seen as an expert, they're very important. Yeah, it's nice to know it's not quite dead just yet, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, it's still going, still going. Um, a lot of folks push on kind of like the PR side of things, the relations side of things, to the marketing team. Do you think that's a good idea? Or do, do you think it's better to kind of like maybe get a professional or an agency or something involved? I know what you're going to say because you're an agency. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always think it's good to have, you know, an outside opinion on things. And I think yeah. when you're when you're so close to it, um, it, it, it can be nice to kind of um, – you know, just double check yourself. I mean, that's one of the things that I really value about the team that I built is not, we know not any one person has the answer. And so being able to bounce ideas off of people and see, you know, from an agency perspective, we have clients in a lot of different industries. And so we can kind of draw some trends too from outside of the organization, which is really helpful. Um, You know, the other thing that I'll say is that, you know, especially for people like yourself and, and me, we had training in one particular area of mm. this industry. And and even for students who are graduating now, um, they might be learning about all of the different areas of PR and marketing and advertising, but they're not necessarily, you know, they're going to focus in one area. And so um, we have a lot of clients who come to us and they say, I know we need X but that's not my strong suit. And I know it is for you guys. And so I want to bring you on as an extension of my team so that you can manage this. I'm going to give you what the bigger picture is. I'm managing the strategy. I'm managing all these other pieces, but I want you to be responsible for this. And that I think is a really smart move because nobody has all of the answers. And um, and at that point, I think you're really making a decision of, okay, is it, do I need enough of this that it makes more sense to bring somebody in house or do I see enough value in bringing an agency on board? Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because I've, I, it's something I was talking about the other day to somebody about the fact of how everything is fragmented fragmented so much nowadays. To 20 years ago, you would have like the digital marketing person. You would have the SEO person or something and they would do all of it, everything. Now things are fragmented and that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it really, it allows... Um, it allows for a more cohesive message because yeah. when all of these things were kind of happening in silos, I mean, everybody was coming at it with their own their own flavor, their own interpretation of what the brand was. Um, when you have all of these things converging and really moving forward with one message, that's really powerful for an organization. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the teaching that you do a little bit a little bit earlier. Um, the in the side of kind of like universities and then degrees and, and masters and things and and how much focus is there on digital nowadays because i know there's i've spoken to quite a few folks in the uk who kind of like they might get their marketing degree and then they go into an agency or something and it's like okay <laughs> this is completely different to what i've been told um how much digital is involved now it's lagging um mm. 
but you know, I, I when, when I've tried to find people for my own company who do this, they're self-taught. So they're yeah. learning yeah. very baseline. You know, they I think the extent for a lot of university is how do I write a social media post or how do I look at analytics or I'm going to kind of teach you how to run a Facebook ad. Um, but it is not to the level of what's needed in the professional world. Um, and so that's something that I've, I've been talking to, to my bosses about um, that. I really think this is something that needs to be included because it, it sets the students up for a disadvantage because it's a huge learning curve yeah. to take these things on. It's, it's a learning curve for us and we do it every day because things are constantly changing. And that might be the challenge that the universities have too. How do you teach something that is constantly evolving? Um, I think that's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, in a lot of universities, I don't know how it is in the UK, but here a lot of professors are, they, they either have never actually worked in the professional field sure. or they've been out of it for a long time. Yeah. And so they're having to do a lot of catch up themselves. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It is ex it's exactly exactly like that. Abso absolutely. Yeah. It, it'll be fascinating to see how it goes because I suppose the, the actual degrees and the actual teaching might have to fragment a little bit because... Uh, I always think sort of like a data analyst person is a completely different type of person than a creative copywriter or a designer. Would you agree? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And as you were saying that, I was even thinking, you know, the, the data person is probably in the business college yes. versus the, yeah. <laughs> the you know, the marketing person's in the data college, but then the more PR <laughs> advertising person might be in the journalism school or strategic communications. I mean, yeah. it, they're and they're not getting they're not getting exposure to each other. So. Um, I think that the, I think it'll catch up. I think it'll evolve. And there's a lot that is uh, evolving in higher education anyway. But um, it, it's there. There's a little bit of a disconnect from between the university setting and the real world. Yeah. Um, Nicole, listen, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And where can we find you? Where's your website, your social media bits and things? Yeah. So ResolutePR.com. And we have links to all of our um, social media channels on there. So we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. So I uh, would love to connect with you. And then you can also find me on LinkedIn, Nicole Morgan. Cool. What I'll do is I'll stick some links in the in the show notes so folks can tap on those um, and find them easily. Brilliant. Nicole, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Thanks again to Nicole for her time. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favourite podcast player. Uh, just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.